just right out of the gate, I love how Paul talks to his fellow believers. We're friends. As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out, this is a famous verse, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Now let's take a look at what Paul meant by this. A few things. First of all, he makes the point, as you've always obeyed. So he, he says to them, guys, you have always been an obedient church. You're not perfect, but the needle is moving in all of your lives. You are seeking God. You're believers. You had that moment of salvation that's now turned into a process of growth and maturity. And he says, and that growth and maturity could be labeled as obedience. He says, you've always obeyed. Not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Now, uh, on, on one hand, you could say, well, I bet they did obey when Paul was around, right? It's kind of like when the, when, what is the story when the cat is away, the, the mice will play, right? Uh, but that's not what Paul's getting at here. Paul is uh, really encouraging them because the Philippian church has remained faithful without their superstar leader there. And he's saying to them, guys, I got put in this house arrest. I haven't been around you in a long time. And yet I'm hearing reports that you guys are growing in your faith. You're reading the Word of God. And, and just so you know, that's something we hope for Three Circle Church. We want you to lead yourself. The Bible is clear that, that there's this truth in the New Testament under the New Covenant, the priesthood of all believers. You guys don't have to have uh, me or any other pastor to go to God for you, you have been given an open door, according to the New Testament, to the Holy of Holies, uh, the place the priest only went because of the blood of Jesus. And you can open up this Bible and you should and self-feed. And what Paul does is he says to them, guys, I've been gone a long time and you have remained faithful and you are obedient. And he encourages them in that. And then he says this, and you've probably heard this, work out your own salvation. People quote that verse. They use that verse. What does he mean by that? He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, so it sounds like the great Apostle Paul, who in Ephesians wrote that we are not saved by works, but by grace through faith, right? It seems like he's going back on that. It seems like here in Philippians he's saying, well, you need to work out your own salvation. And that would be a misunderstanding of what Paul is saying here. Paul is not saying that you are to work for your salvation. What he's saying is you should work from it. So let me make that clear. We don't work for our salvation. We work from our salvation. The Bible is clear about that. You can only be saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone and His free gift of salvation. But when you receive Jesus, when you are what we call regenerated, your dead spirit comes to life. When that new thing happens in you, you will begin to grow and you will begin to work. You'll begin to do good works. The Bible says in Ephesians that you were created for them beforehand, meaning God could see what He wanted you to do, what He gifted you to do, what He put inside of you. He could see that before you were ever uh, born. And, and what Paul is saying here is that now that you are saved, He's talking to the Philippian believers. He's talking to you guys. He's talking to me. Now that you're in Christ, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling, the idea there is the idea when you were before God. What he's saying is take this seriously. Like this is not something that should be 
uh, seen as uh, a lowly thing. This, this is something that you shouldn't be cavalier about. This is something you should be really serious about because there's nothing more important than you living out the salvation that you've been freely given. If we're going to be in Christ, we should live for Christ. We should bear that name well. And, and Paul is telling the believers, basically, here's what that looks like. They just attach all the words there. He starts off by saying, you've always obeyed. Now continue to obey. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling means. I'm a believer now by faith in the grace of Jesus alone. I did nothing to earn my salvation. But now that I am a blood-bought believer in Christ, I'm going to, with fear and trembling, live out that faith. I'm not going to do it perfectly. I'm going to fall and get back up by the grace of God. I'm only going to be able to live this life God's given me through the power of the Holy Spirit, but I will continue to walk with God. That's what, not, not working for your salvation, that's what working from your salvation looks like. I every day get up and I want to serve Jesus more than I did yesterday. Not because I think that I'm going to lose something He's given me or do I think I'm going to attain something that He's holding back from me. No, I'm going to serve Jesus because I'm working from the rock-solid truth that I am a blood-bought, redeemed, adopted child of God. That's what Paul is getting at here. To trust God in this and to continue to work out our own salvation. Look what he says next, verse 13. For it is God who works in you, Okay, that's the reminder. I just said that to you. The only way you're going to work from your salvation and obey Him and do these things, the only way you can do that is through the power of God. Look what it says. It is God who works in you. So we don't, we don't take the credit for the good works we do. It is the empowering of the Holy Spirit that enables to do that, all right? Uh, most mornings I make toast at my house. We're an apple butter family. I don't know if you like jelly or jams or whatever. But I grew up eating apple butter at my grandmother's house, and I'm an apple butter aficionado, okay? Uh, if you go to Gatlinburg, uh, you need to go. I think there's the Apple Barn in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They make the best apple butter. It's awesome. So in the mornings, I typically make toast, and I'm going to put some butter on that toast and some apple butter. I hope everyone listening is really hungry right now. You should go make some after we're done with this, all right? But here's the deal. Many times I have done this because I'm in a hurry in the morning. I'll set the toaster on the counter and I'll forget to plug it in. Throw some bread in, click the little clickers and walk away. And I come back and nothing has happened. Why? Because I tried to do something to perform a task without the power required to do it. And that is what, listen, and it's frustrating too when you're waiting for warm, crispy toast and you still got bread sitting there, right? And it's all because I didn't plug it in. That is how Christians will feel when they try to live the Christian life without walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, without doing what Ephesians tells us to do and be filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. You weren't meant to live this life alone, not even the good works God's prepared for you. So Paul points out here to the Philippian believers, keep working out your salvation, but whatever you do, do not do it in your own power. Do not do it on your own strength. Lean into the power of the Holy Spirit because there's more power there than you can imagine. Plug in. Don't be like a toaster on a counter that's not plugged into the power source. you got to plug in. And it says here, God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. 
don't, you need to connect the dots because the first big idea was obedience. And this last idea in this little section here is his goodwill and purposes. When you put them together, you realize God wants you to obey him because it brings him glory and it's the best for you. We say this at Three Circle all the time. The most free life you can live is a life underneath the authority of God. And the only way to live life under God's authority is to be obedient. Obedience is going to be the biggest blessing in the world because all of God's commands for you are good. They're for your good. I will tell you the greatest regrets in my life has been when I did not obey God. So, right there in the beginning of these first two verses, God, Paul lays out some incredible theology for us. Let's go to verse 14. He says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars. I love this imagery. You shine like stars in this universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or label labor for nothing. I love that. So a few things Paul does here. First of all, he says the motivation, do everything without complaining or arguing. What's, what, what does he mean when he says do everything? Obedience. He just taught you that you should obey God working from your salvation. But he says not only should you do these things and obey God, but the way you obey him is important. I'm a dad, all right? I got three kids. And there are times that I tell my kids to do things and they do them begrudgingly. Can I get an amen from the parents out there right now? Have you ever told your kids to do something and they did it huffing and puffing and rolling their eyes? And oh, it's just, they act like cleaning their rooms the worst thing in the world, right? And, and they didn't do it with a good heart. They didn't do it with joy. Right? They weren't happy about it and it was clear. Well, Paul says that God is our Father, and He wants us to obey Him. But He also cares about the heart behind our obedience. He also cares about how we do it. He says, do these things, your good works, your obedience to God, without complaining or arguing. So the heart behind the obedience is important, so that you may become blameless and pure children without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Paul says this will set us apart. In this world where most people do things complaining and arguing, right? And in a world that says, you don't need to be under authority. You don't need to be uh, under any kind of power except for your own. Do what you want to do. Have your own version of truth. Everyone should do what they want to do, whatever makes you happy, follow your heart. That's kind of the world we're in right now. Well, Paul tells the Philippians, you're living in a world like that, the Philippian world was much like ours. And Paul says, you need to submit to God and obey Him. And by the way, do it happily. Do it joyfully. And, and so you will stand out. That's what he says. So if the backdrop of the church of Philippi was a dark, sinful world, and it was, and there was tons of idol worship, and the Roman Empire was horrific when it came to religion and freedom. It, it was a bad situation. And Paul says, guys, you are meant to shine like stars against the backdrop of darkness. And he says, the way you do that is joyful 
obedience working from the reality of your free gift of salvation bought by the crucified Jesus. You are a blood-bought child of God now. Now do what your good Father tells you to do and joyfully obey Him and the world will see you shining like stars against the backdrop of darkness. That's what Paul's saying. I love the imagery, shining like stars. I go out west every couple of years with some dear friends of mine, fly fishing and stuff like that. I love it out west. And one year we stayed in a very remote area of Montana. It was kind of around the uh, place where one of my favorite movies was filmed. It's called A River Runs Through It. Man, there's not a lot of development out there. You are in the deep, dark woods. And when at night we were blown away by how many stars we could see. Like there was no artificial light to damper what you could see. And the, the, it was amazing how the stars lit up the sky. But what's amazing is the darker the sky, right? We got rid of the artificial light. We're out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to dampen it. The darker that sky, the brighter that light. That's true for us. I wake up sometimes and I read the news and I think, man, what kind of world am I living in now? Like, what kind of place is this? It seems like there's so much going on around us. It seems dark. The darkness is a great opportunity for people of God to shine brightly. And the number one way you can shine bright, according to Paul, is to joyfully obey your heavenly Father for the world to see it. That's how we shine brightly. He goes on in verse 17. He says, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, because he's... He, he realizes that if they don't execute him this time while he's in prison, it's going to be the next time. He realizes the Romans and, and the Jews alike are after him. Paul realizes this is probably not going to end well for me. I think Paul had a deep understanding that he may not live to be a really old man. Okay, So he says, it looks like I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. So, so here's what he says. He says, if that's what's going to happen to me, if I never get out of this house arrest, if it just gets worse, and it does, here's what he says. He says, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Remember, the Philippians are really sad about Paul's imprisonment, about his predicament. They've taken up offerings for him. They're worried about him. He's, he's alluded to that. Paul wants them to keep shining like stars. And he tells them, hey, this may not work out well for me. I'm okay with that. Keep shining. Keep being who God's called you to be and keep working from your salvation, Philippians. And I think he would say the same to us. I think he would say to us, guys, it's really dark 2020, but you have an opportunity to shine like stars. But don't let that be some mysterious thing that you can't wrap your mind and hands around. Shining like stars means do what Jesus has told you to do. Live the Word. Be people under authority and, and don't grumble about it, but be joyful about it. Show the world that we want to obey our good Father because His commands are good and great. They're like honey to our lips. They're like air to our lungs, the commands of God, and they are good for us. So we joyfully obey our Heavenly Father because He is good. We joyfully submit to our Heavenly King because He's a good King. And the whole world gets to see the shining of the stars of the children of God. And that's my hope for us, Three Circle.
that as the light seems to be getting darker around us, right, the night seems to be getting darker. and The situation seems to be uh, only getting worse. The opportunity is for us to shine brighter. And I pray that we will, working from our salvation to the glory of God. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your word and your grace. And I pray that by that grace, we would shine like stars. Lord, we certainly have a dark night wrapping around us right now in the age that we're in, in the moment we're in. Would you let us as individuals and collectively as a church shine like the stars for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.